For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. They each head into their Week 15 matchup in the NFL. And we'll provide all of you with some information and some insight as to where you can place your bets and make some money. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in with the Oakland Raiders. They take on the Jacksonville Jaguars at home on Sunday afternoon. Now, this one opened up a minus four. It's original. It's uh Shifted a lot since then as Oakland is now a six and a half point favorite, and the total has stayed at 45 and a half. Now, this game is very interesting because even though the Raiders have imploded over the last couple of weeks, one of the only teams that you can argue in the entire league that has imploded more or harder, as you want to put it, is the Jacksonville Jaguars, as this team has absolutely fallen apart over the last couple of months. And honestly, when you compare the two situations, the Raiders don't look nearly, they just don't look as bad as the Jaguars based on the recent collapses that both teams have had to endure. Jacksonville was originally in the running in a pretty weak division, the AFC South, but they've ended up losing each of their last five games, all of the losses by double digits, and it doesn't seem like there's going to be a turnaround in sight. Now, it's starting off with the Raiders, though. They ended up losing last week to the Tennessee Titans at home by the score of 42-21. to To make it even more discouraging, the Raiders were actually tied at the half before getting outscored and held to zero points. They got outscored 21 to nothing in the second half as they ended up losing in blowout fashion, which means that the Raiders have lost each of their last three games by a combined 83 points. Not exactly the way that you want to, you know, to go through the home stretch of the regular season, but they're going to have to put it behind them and try to look for a victory in this game, even though all of their playoff hopes are now virtually lost as the Raiders are 6-7, and seven, and there's pretty much no hope of them winning the division and the wild card, so they will have to spend probably the offseason on vacation. But either or, they definitely over... I'd say they overachieved up to this point. People did not expect the Raiders to be that good. People were kind of shocked that the Raiders were even competitive in the early going of the season, so I'm not really going to be disappointed based on how the season turned out. Of course, you'd hope that they would have played better over the last couple of weeks, but this team did such a good job of even staying afloat in the first place that you have to be kind of content with the direction that this team is headed as they end up going to Las Vegas uh, sometime in the future. Which brings us to the next point in this game, which is not going to be talked about. This will be the final home game of the season for the Oakland Raiders, which means that this might be the last home game in the history of Oakland for the Raiders as they are probably going to be headed to Las Vegas for next season based on how well the progress is going with the new stadium in that area. So uh, expect the crowd to be at a sellout capacity as Oakland will look for one last victory from its football team behind the home crowd and hopefully Gruden and the rest of the team will be able to go around the stadium with the black hole and trying to say goodbye to all of the very loyal fans who've had to endure some very 
interesting and tough times with this organization over the last couple of decades. So hopefully they'll be able to get a victory in that one. Talking about the stats, though, from last week, Derek Carr ended up completing 25 of his 34 pass attempts for 262 yards with two passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. DeAndre Washington got the surprise start at the running back position after Josh Jacobs was a late scratch, and he ended up having 14 carries for 53 rushing yards with one rushing touchdown, along with six receptions and 43 receiving yards. If Josh Jacobs is unable to go for this game as well, look for DeAndre Washington to get another start. Now, for the receiving core, Darren Waller had six receptions for 72 receiving yards. However, he did have one uh, costly fumble in the second half that did result in a touchdown as Tennessee simply picked up the ball and ran into the end zone, which pretty much was the dagger, and that was what made the lead insurmountable for uh, you know, for the Titans to hold on to as the Raiders just simply didn't have enough offense to uh, come back from a deficit of that caliber. Other than that, though, Tyrell Williams continues to uh, pretty much fall off the face of the earth as he ended up having three receptions for 35 yards as it appears that the early going of the season just pretty much was a fluke as he has done nothing over the last second half of the season. The defense, though, for the Raiders was the really concerning part, as, it, as the entire defense had zero sacks, forced one turnover, and gave up 35 points. It was really 42, but one of them was a fumble touchdown, so I'm not going to include that. So that defense did absolutely nothing. They pretty much got no stops whatsoever, and they also gave up a huge amount of big plays uh, in the passing game for the Titans, as A.J. Brown, for example, had a touchdown that was roughly... 80-something, 90-something yards. So the defense has to avoid giving up big plays in the future as they will look to try to keep the Jaguars on the field and force them to nickel and dime the ball down the field. Now for the injury report, offensive guard Gabe Jackson did not practice on Thursday with a knee injury. He's currently questionable. Running back Josh Jacobs was limited in practice with a shoulder injury. And defensive back Daryl uh, Worley also did not practice with a neck injury. Now before we switch gears to the Jaguars, I actually just want to rant a little bit about the Raiders as... Their season is winding down. Two things I want to talk about here. First thing is with Josh Jacobs. I don't believe he should play in this game. I know Jacobs in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I know that he has been a crucial part of this team. However, what exactly do you have to gain by letting Jacobs potentially re-aggravate re that shoulder in this game? The Raiders have nothing to play for besides pride and potentially giving the home crowd one last victory, but they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to be in the, I mean, I don't see the point. Jacobs is clearly the future of this team on the ground. He's been, I would say he's been an elite running back if you just looked at his production. And I think his numbers would be even higher if Gruden didn't rotate the running backs as often as he does with Richard and even Washington uh, with splitting touches amongst them. But overall, Jacobs is just too talented to risk playing in a meaningless game in the middle of December. I wouldn't play him for the rest of the year. I would personally shut him down. If you want to argue that you should keep him in just because of the fact that he has a chance to win an Offensive Rookie of the Year award, you can make that argument. But I definitely think the Raiders as an organization definitely should try to keep him as healthy as possible moving forward. And I'd recommend at least limiting his touches if they do decide to let him play. So that's just my thoughts on the Jacobs uh, injury. Now switching gears though, I want to talk about one thing with regard to Derek Carr and my thoughts on him being the potential future quarterback of the Oakland Raiders. Now, I know that a lot of people, whether it's Believe, whether it's other podcasts or other companies in general, and the media itself, has been talking about a Derek Carr is not the answer for the Raiders, and I just wanted to give my brief thoughts on that. Do I think Derek Carr is an elite quarterback in the NFL? No. Do I think he's an awful quarterback in the NFL? No. I think he's an average quarterback. Do I think he's going to make or break a team? 
No, but at the same point, I think that he won't lose you any games. I think that he's serviceable. I think if he has weapons around him, he should be able to do pretty well, especially with that offensive line. I think he's an average quarterback, a run-of-the-mill, but am I going to blame him for the reason why the Raiders have completely imploded? No. I mean, there's only one place to look for the team's implosion. It's clearly the team's defense. I mean, you lose Abram in the first game of the season, and this team has had pretty much no pass rush. It's been a little bit better than anticipated uh, at in spurts, but as a whole, Crosby's been pretty good. Um... Other than that, though, not really much else to talk about from just this defensive core. Uh, the Raiders defensively are giving up 28.2 points per game, which ranks 29th in the league. They're also allowing 376.4 yards per game, which ranks 28th in the league as well. This team just can't stop anybody. And I know that people want to complain and go for the quarterback's head, kind of like what's going on with the Eagles with Carson Wentz, and how you can argue it's his fault, the team's underachieving, and blah, blah, blah. It's not. Carr's not the problem. The problem is that the defense can't stop anybody. And you can claim that Carr has struggled over the last couple of weeks in the colder weather. And that has been one of his issues so far in his career. But I'm not going to immediately throw him under the bus and claim that he's the reason why the Raiders are just not going to make the playoffs this year. It's clearly the defense. And I really think the Raiders are going to regret paying him that huge extension. Of course. But at the same point, Goff made all that money. Even Joe Flacco back with the Ravens made all that money after a run. Of course, that was after a Super Bowl. But at the same point, it seems like the general consensus in the NFL is we are going to pay any quarterback that we have a long-term contract for a ton of money because that is what the going rate is. And I think Flacco is the one who started that movement with paying average quarterbacks a ton of money. Uh, the Raiders fell victim to that as they ended up paying Carr all this money. I'm sure if they could take it back, they probably would. But they can't. And do I think Carr, I think Carr and Goff are roughly in the same boat. I know that Goff is younger, but they both have looked pretty good at times, flashing the pans. I know Goff made a Super Bowl, but since then, he's been pretty underwhelming. Carr, I think, has been pretty solid. He's been pretty decent. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he has 18 passing touchdowns, 8 interceptions. He's thrown for 3,105 yards, and his QBR is actually 12th, which is really not that bad. I think that it's an overreaction by the general media about Carr so far this season. Do I think he's an amazing quarterback? No. Do I think he's the reason why this team has struggled? No. I think he's okay. I think they're going to regret paying him. But as a whole, I definitely think that he has more upside than people are uh, just projecting. And I think that the Raiders will try to look for Carr to be the future of the team as they end up moving to Las Vegas. Now, switching gears to the Jaguars. Sorry about that. Had to get that off my chest. Falling a bit behind schedule now. For the Jaguars, they ended up losing to the Chargers last week at home. By 35 points, this team is 4-9. and nine. This team's headed nowhere. And on top of that, they will definitely be firing Doug Marone during the offseason as the head coach, as this team has absolutely just quit, and it seems like they're just waiting for the offseason at this point. Now, quarterback Gardner Minshew last week completed 24 of his 37 pass attempts for 162 passing yards with one passing touchdown and zero interceptions. The numbers don't sound that bad, but when you're completing 24 passes and you end up having 162 passing yards, you got to throw the ball downfield more. I mean, I know that that's, I know that he was kind of doing a good job of taking what the defense gives him, but you got to take some shots, and that's something I expect him to do more of against the Raiders' suspect secondary in this game. Running back Leonard Fournette though at 15 carries for 50 yards, pretty un ineffective. Wide receiver DJ Chark was a bright spot as he ended up having nine receptions for 75 receiving yards. The Jaguars' defense though, I mentioned how badly the Raiders played last week on defense. The Jaguars' defense was even worse. Uh, they had, uh, the Jaguars' defense had one sack for zero turnovers and gave up 45 points 
to the Chargers. Yeah, this unit has completely fallen off since Jalen Ramsey left. And right now, Ramsey's the biggest winner as he ended up wanting to lead. He wanted to jump ship before it was too late. He didn't like Coughlin, didn't like Marone. And it appears that Jalen Ramsey was 100% right because this team has completely fallen apart ever since he left. And now Ramsey's fighting for a playoff spot with the Rams. And I talk about the injury report. Wide receiver DJ Chark, who I mentioned before, did not practice with an ankle injury. He's currently being listed as week-to-week. I doubt he'll play. It's bad for my fantasy team, but either or, there's no way he should be playing in this game. The Jaguars have nothing to play for, and he's been a very solid rookie receiver. Uh, other than that, though, wide receiver DJ, DJ Chark was limited with a neck and a shoulder injury. He is expected to play, but he's currently questionable. And defensive lineman Calais Campbell was a limited in practice with a back injury, but he is expected to play. Now, talking about the trends for this game, the Jaguars are 0-5 against the spread in their last five games as an underdog. And the Raiders are 7-3 against the spread in their last 10 home games. My prediction for this game is I think the Raiders will win by the score of 27-20, which means that I like the Raiders minus 6.5, and, and I also like the over 45.5. Now, the reasons why, very briefly, I think the Raiders will have an emotional edge with the last home game of the season, and I think that they will play extremely well offensively due to the fact that the Jaguars' defense has been abysmal over the last couple of weeks. Same with the Raiders' defense, but Jacksonville's offense has struggled over the last couple of weeks, just scoring points against any defense whatsoever. If you've looked at Jacksonville's last five games, they have not scored more than 20 points in any of those games. This offense has been terrible for the last month or so, and I think that they will score 20, but I think they will struggle to finish off drives. Lean to the Raiders here, minus the 6.5, and the over 45.5. Now, if you want more information about the Raiders, though, exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in Raiders podcast hosted by Brad Williamson, well, he, where he will lay out the keys to victory for the Raiders this week against the Jaguars. Now, questions that people always ask me separately are where do I actually bet, what books do I use, which books do I like. And for that answer, I have to tell you, my bookie, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a lot, and to, if, you, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try uh, for a parlay, for example. If you have a couple of big favorites you like for the weekend, parlay is the perfect for you because they let you bet multiple games for a bigger payout. And my bookie has more lines and better odds for a player than any other sportsbook around. And if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So if you end up depositing $2,000 with my bookie, they will give you an extra $1,000 to play with, all in free money. All you have to do is use the promo code BLV, that's the letters BLV, to activate this offer. Once again, the promo code is BLV to get your extra cash up to $1,000 from MyBookie. Bet, win, and get paid. Now, some people also ask me, what's one of my, what's some, what are some of my hobbies uh, besides sports betting? As I've been doing this podcast for a couple months at this point. And I don't want to make this sound like a stupid answer, but one of my favorite hobbies is by far sleeping. But one of the issues that you have with sleeping and something that's always an issue for me is temperature. It's very tough for me to get a good sleep if I am too hot. I love a cold room. I love a cold bed. And that's why I'm going to talk to you quickly about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal fit, uh, sleep fitness by learning your sleep habits and adjusting the bed temperature automatically, which means that if you like the bed cool and your partner, your girlfriend, your wife, anybody who you're sleeping with likes the bed warm, you can now have it both ways as you could have one side of the bed cold and one side of the bed warm. Try the pod for 100 nights and if you don't love it, they'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup for a limited time offer. Get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com pro. Once again, 8sleep.com slash pro to get $150 
off of your purchase. Now, switching to the 49ers here, they are playing at home against the Atlanta Falcons. The 49ers open up as a 12-point favorite, currently down to 10.5, and the over-under has skyrocketed from 45.5 to 48. Now, the 49ers last week beat the Saints on the road by the score of 48-46, to definitely game of the year. I don't think anything is going to be a, real, a really close second, as that game was fantastic. You could argue that the 49ers-Seahawks game was also up there for best games, but I think everyone can agree the 49ers-Saints game was probably the best game on the entire uh, NFL calendar going in. Uh, after the first couple of weeks, and it definitely lived up to the billing. Jimmy Garoppolo completed 26 of his 35 pass attempts for 349 passing yards with four passing touchdowns and one interception. Running back Raheem Mostert had 10 carries for 69 rushing yards with one rushing touchdown along with 40 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. Mostert has become pretty much the primary back for this team with Breida back in the lineup as well as Tevin Coleman has kind of been... Uh, sent to the back burner as he only had a handful of touches and snaps as he has kind of taken the back seat to Mostert, who's provided a lot of upside due to his explosiveness and his athleticism, and I expect Mostert to continue getting the bulk of the touches moving forward with Breida playing more of a third-down pass-catching role. And they'll alternate between the two, but I think Mostert will get most of the touches moving forward. The team as a whole, though, at 24 carries for 162 rushing yards, which is equivalent to 6.8 yards per carry, along with run with one rushing touchdown. Wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, though, was fantastic as he had seven receptions for 157 receiving yards with one receiving touchdown. However, he didn't stop there as he also threw a touchdown pass on a trick play in the first half as he ended up finishing the day with one passing touchdown as well. Now... Uh, leading the uh, receiving core in the sense of clutch catches on that final drive was George Kittle, the tight end who had six receptions for 67 yards and one touchdown. However, no catch was more important than his beastly uh, run after against the Saints on fourth and two on the last drive with less than a minute to go. He caught a little out route on fourth and two, and then he proceeded to just go ap absolute beast mode as he broke several tackles, even forced a face mask penalty as well to help get San Francisco into field goal range in practically one play as he did everything that he could to will his team into field goal range there. Kittle's been an absolute monster whenever he has been healthy, still dealing with that injury to his leg. But overall, Kittle is definitely, in my opinion, the best tight end in all of football, all around, including blocking. And I think that he will have another big performance against Atlanta's suspect defense and linebacking core. Expect him to play well once again on Sunday. Uh, talking about San Francisco's defense, though, this team that's usually been really good defensively was absolutely terrible last week. It had zero sacks, forced one turnover, and gave up 465 total yards along with 46 points. Definitely not ideal, however. Anytime you face the Saints in the Superdome, it is a pretty tough request to stop them. And now I expect them to play a lot better at home against Atlanta on Sunday. Now for the injury report, though, a lot of injuries towards the defensive side of the ball for San Francisco. As defensive end, D4 did not practice due to a quad and hamstring injury. Defensive tackle, DJ Jones, did not practice with an ankle injury. Cornerback Richard Sherman has not practiced with a hamstring injury, and he's expected to miss this game, as well as probably next week, so keep that in mind. And defensive tackle, Julian Taylor, has also not practiced due to an elbow injury. So a lot of issues with regard to the health of several key pieces on San Francisco's defense, and look for some backups to potentially see some added playing time in their absence. Now, switching gears to the Falcons, they ended up beating the Carolina Panthers at home by the score of 40 to 20 last week it doesn't change the fact they're still four and nine and the only thing they still have to play for is potentially Dan Quinn's job as he will most likely get fired during the offseason as the head coach of the Falcons this team has completely fallen apart 
ever since they ended up beating the Eagles on that Sunday night football game. The team's just been bad. I know they beat Carolina, but Carolina's also imploded. And there's not really much positive to talk about uh, with regard to the Falcons. This team just isn't that good, and they'll be in the top 10 in the upcoming NFL draft. But from last week, though, Matt Ryan, the quarterback, had completed 20 of his 34 pass attempts for 313 passing yards, along with two passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. Running back Devontae Freeman had 17 carries for 84 rushing yards with one rushing touchdown. Wide receiver Julio Jones had five receptions for 66 receiving yards, and wide receiver Calvin Ridley had five receptions for 76 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. However, Atlanta's Defense was the story of that game, as they absolutely just destroyed Kyle Allen in the pocket. They had five sacks and forced four turnovers, and they will look for a similar level of production against San Francisco's elite offense in this game. Now, for the injury report, though, wide receiver Calvin Ridley is not going to be a threat on Sunday, as he has been moved to the IR with an injury, so his season is done. Running back Devontae Freeman also has not practiced this season, uh, this week, I should say, with a knee injury, so he is currently questionable for this game. Cornerback Isaiah Oliver has also not practiced this week due to a shoulder injury. Offensive guard James Carpenter has not practiced due to a concussion. And defensive end Adrian Claiborne has also not practiced this week due to a back injury. Uh, the four of them are currently being listed as questionable. I'd assume most of them won't play as uh, just based on the fact that the Falcons have nothing left to play for. So I personally think that at least three of those four should probably not play, but that remains to be seen. Now, talking about the trends for this game, uh, the Falcons are 1-9 against the spread in their last 10 games after scoring more than 30 points in the previous game, and the 49ers are 3-0-1 against the spread in their last four games overall. So for that reason, I will take the 49ers to win by the score of 35-20 which means that I like the 49ers to win, uh, and I like the 49ers to cover. I like the 49ers minus 10.5, and, and I also like the over 48. So uh, main reasons why, even though the 49ers have a lot of injuries to their defense, losing Ridley is a huge deal for Atlanta's receiving core, as he has been a very solid number two receiver for that team. Uh, Atlanta's defense is also banged up with Oliver and Claiborne probably missing this game. I just think the 49ers will continue to play well offensively. I think the defense will play a little bit better now that they don't have to face Drew Brees in the dome. And I just think that the 49ers should be able to run the ball down Atlanta's throats. And I think the 49ers will score 35 points and I think they'll get the job done. So for me, for this game itself, I like the 49ers minus 10 and a half. And I also like the over 48. The injuries alone for both teams defensively should lead to more points. And I just think that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones will connect at one point for a big play, potentially for a touchdown. And I think this game will go over the posted total. So, for that reason, 49ers minus 10.5 and the over 48. And for the earlier game that I mentioned before, I like the Raiders minus 6.5, and, and I also like the over 45.5. However, if you want more information about the about the 49ers exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in 49ers podcast hosted by Rashawn Haylock alongside 13-year NFL veteran Eric Davis. Once again, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you and if you want to find me personally, you can find me at Rice Show Radio on Twitter. Other than that, other than that though, that's going to be this installment of Betting Bay Area here for Week 15 of the NFL. Other than that, though, good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.